With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Why go on this tour? I think that this is absolutely what we should do. I mean, uh, in, in when we work in college football and we have fans out there, and, it's, and I'll say especially like here, where it's, it's such a big, big part of the culture, uh, and that, you know, that there really is a, for major college football, this is the identity for this state. There's one big university, there's no pro teams. The people just love this team and they love their players and they love the university and whatever we can do, this is just a small thing that we do, but whatever we can do to share this with them, I think it's awesome. And, and I think that it's absolutely something we should do. Very simple, just touch people, talk to people, give people an opportunity to hear all the great things that are going on uh, at Nebraska. And that's, that's plain and simple, just want to get out and see people and talk to people. And it worked out great, Mike's schedule, my schedule, and we're just going to keep on doing it one person at a time. And welcome to another edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, and Nate Klaus, as you just heard from head coach Mike Riley, um, along with athletic director Sean Eichhorst. They are kind of conducting their statewide tour this week, and it's really something we haven't seen uh, Sean Eichhorst do um, in his time to this extent. They did have that whistle-stop train tour um, you know, a few years back where the train went around, but uh, I think just the timing of this, uh, how it's going on, uh, the coaches started um, in uh, Riley started in Lincoln. Uh, they they went to York, Columbus. Um, they'll be in Kearney, Lexington, North Platte, and Omaha. So they will be spanning uh, really the entire state and 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 making these little stops. And I think it's obviously important for Mike Riley. I don't know if he's really. I know he told me on Monday or Tuesday that he had never been to North Platte and and he was looking forward to seeing the town of North Platte. In fact, I think he coached Danny Woodhead in a high school all-star game. Uh, so he was looking forward to uh, getting out there to, to, to see uh, North Platte in, in those places. But, uh, Nate, you know, I know you've been involved in covering this stuff, but I think it's important for I-Course, too. I don't know if I-Course has had these types of just general fan opportunities where he's been able to go out like this. Well, yeah, I can't really think of anything where he's been – um, you know, out amongst the masses and been, you know, accessible to the fan base. Now there's high level booster events that he's yeah. at, but not, not the Joe public event type. Thing exactly. Like yeah. Not going out to Columbus and being able to meet with, you know, anybody who wants to come out. So I, I think a lot of people kind of look at him as maybe the, the man behind the curtain and, and who's kind of shrouded in mystery. So I think it's good for him to get out there and, and be able to, to show that, you know, he's real and, 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 you know, can, kind of convey the, his message about what's going on with the athletic department, the football team and everything, and, and kind of, uh, um, you know, get out and buy some goodwill with the fan base. Yeah, and on the surface, it's probably one of those things that you, you know, overlook completely. But in reality, getting out and being amongst the people in this state is maybe as important of a thing you can do as a head coach, coach for the football team or, or any athletic team for that matter, and especially – as the athletic director, I know there are a lot of people that you know only see 
Sean Eichhorst when he's at the podium at press conferences or, you know, see him, you know, gallivanting around it, you know, like you said, high end booster things. And so uh, it was extremely important for him to get out there and get FaceTime, you know, with the, the, the common fan and show, you know, these people that, you know, I am a regular guy and I have good intentions and uh, here's my plan. And then those types of things can have extreme value just for, you know, buying yourself a little goodwill amongst the fan base. Yeah, just the grassroots effort of Nebraska football. I mean, and you know, a year ago they eliminated the in-season coaching speaking events, and I still think that that probably wasn't the right move uh, because a lot of these communities, you know, within an hour or two of Lincoln uh, relied on these coaches to go out and it allowed the assistant coaches to, to, to be known. Uh, but I think this is a start in the right direction if they can continue uh, to do this. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan and Robin Washington, Nate Klaus, as uh, we're discussing the tour. And, you know, a couple other topics uh, Mike Riley um, and Sean Eichhorst talked about. Uh, number one, satellite camps. Uh, they've had to really juggle this around. Um, they first thought they were going to have them, then they got canceled, um, then they brought them back. So it's really been um, kind of um, a juggling effort by Nebraska staff, Mike Riley said. And um, now that they are open to everybody, it's almost watered down the camp field. Uh, Nebraska's entire staff will be in Los Angeles on Sunday, June 5th. Right, Nate? Is that the date, June yep. 5th? Um, that will be their kind of their – big satellite camp and then most of the staff including mike riley will be in detroit at the sound mind sound body and then it'll be it's kind of a skeleton effort nate is that is that how they're going to do it the rest of the way yeah so from there there's going to be a handful of other camps but it's only going to be a couple coaches here a couple coaches there and you know there's a, a numerous places where i think these are going to be taking place uh possibly houston possibly florida georgia virginia st louis is one i know on june 3rd uh, there's going to be at least a handful of coaches there in the st louis area um participating in these camps and it is a juggling act because after they banned it um and then reversed it i think that you had to scramble a little bit to to get things in place and solidify some of some of these camps but also uh, the problem here is you've got the opportunity to work with your own players on campus. The NCAA has changed the rules to where you can have contact with your own guys. But also you want to maximize your, your recruiting efforts and your exposure out on the road uh, attending these satellite camps. So uh, how do you do both without neglecting one or the other? I, I think that's a big question. And then the other rule they've put in last year, and this really didn't get a lot of publicity, but schools now can pay for their coaches' travel to these satellite camps. So that kind of answers the questions of the budget. Like, who's paying the bill? Yeah, yeah. Well, the NCAA now allows that. Michigan will have, what, Robin, 26 satellite camps? In the month of June alone, right? I'm curious, though. <laughs> are these all staff, Nate, or are they are they just, like, split staff camps? I, I've heard of a few that are definitely all staff, but there's no way that you could do you could pull off that many full staff satellite camps. I, I'm guessing that, at most, you'll probably see five to ten full staff camps and then out of the 25 26 because there's just no way that you could do that plus hold uh you know your own camps on on your campus and and everything else i just wonder when these michigan coaches are going to get a vacation i mean just from a, a person <laughs> standpoint you're going to get burned out quick doing that much work i mean uh, especially when you consider after those 26 camps in the month of june you have one month before the start of fall camp I mean, it, it just seems absolutely insane to me what they're doing up there. And I get it that they're just trying to make shockwaves and get their name out there. But at some point, there are going to be some serious negative consequences that uh, that come with that internally. Well, it's not. I mean, they get that July period, right? And what's the dead period in July now where nothing, no on-campus visitors, no contact? Is it two weeks in July? 
It's two weeks at the end of July. So everybody gets that, but I think it's just being home in your own bed. Yeah. Come, I mean, not going to Australia to do a camp. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's got to be just two or three coaches going to Australia. Yeah. I can't imagine that they'd send the whole staff there. But the other thing that, and this is why Mike Riley doesn't want to have the whole staff out, is the NCAA allows you five hours per week as a coaching staff to work with your players on campus starting in June when they come back uh, for the first session of summer school and workouts. And that is valuable time with the freshmen. That is valuable time uh, with your you know returning key veterans. And you know if you're going to be out on the road at all these events, you are going to lose that valuable time in the month of June. Yeah, I also noticed, too, they're adding another uh, Friday Night Lights camp. And I know they had some pretty good success with that. Uh, a year ago and so you know while you're not going out to you know other places around the country you're also putting more emphasis on your local camps and probably putting some more efforts and bringing guys in if i'm right on that yeah exactly you want to you want to try and get as many guys on campus as you can and and to to do that you want to give them different opportunities to have those camps fit into their schedules because every kid is is very busy uh over the summers going to all all sorts of different camps so adding another friday night lights camp is important um you know it should broaden the amount of guys that, that they could potentially get on campus and as we all know once a kid gets here and is able to see the program in person and, and everything else that goes along with it they usually have a pretty good shot uh, at, at landing that prospect so uh, you know focusing on getting kids on your campus is important too couple of other things I thought interesting. Number one, Mike Riley did say there are no more roster changes, so the roster is intact. Uh, they're expecting 145 total players on that 2016 roster when everybody reports. As far as academics go, um, there are a couple of guys uh, that are still you know, trying to get things ironed out, but I don't think there's any – you know really big scares just some guys that need to do some work Nate is that right yeah so from the feel right now is that everyone has uh, has a, a good shot at being qualified everyone that signed in that 2016 recruiting class should end up being qualified I don't think we'll see any casualties there but there are a couple guys that are still doing some work I know Markel Dismuke is is one of those guys who is uh, retaking a couple English classes in order to to get those core credits up uh, so that he can come in and, and be fully qualified but uh, I don't foresee at this point don't foresee any uh, for sure academic casualties. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus. Some other things on recruiting. Sean Eichors talked about some of the advantages that Nebraska has now that they're doing. Uh, besides the cost of attendance stipend they're now paying, um, I didn't know this, Nate. Every single student athlete now gets a MacBook Pro uh, laptop. Um, um, and they did a survey on how many kids come to college with a working laptop. And obviously it was well less than you would expect. I think it was under 50%. And a lot of times those aren't probably very good laptops. I mean, when, <clears throat> so they give every kid a laptop now. I thought that was interesting to hear I-Course talk about um, that. As, as And then when they graduate, uh, you're eligible to receive a $7,500 stipend to do an internship or a broad study of your choice. So uh, they are doing things like that, I guess, that nobody else in the country is doing. Well, credit to them. I mean, you got to find different ways to, you know, draw guys in. And if you're able to 
you know, pair your academic success, which is a big deal for a lot of recruits and, you know, say that we're not only going to, you know, help you in the classroom, but give you the resources and the tools, uh, you know, to achieve success in the classroom as well as on the field. I mean, for, for parents, especially, uh, that's a big deal. Yeah, the parent part is the most important thing here, I think, uh, especially now that the NCAA is allowing schools to to pay for parents to come in on the official visits. You know, when you have a couple more tools to sell in terms of being able to give the kid a computer and being mm-hmm. able to, to provide them money to do internships or study abroad uh, things after football, I think that's a, a huge selling point combined with what they already have there in the academic support system with Dennis LeBlanc and, and Keith Zimmer and, and life skills. Uh, those all those things combined just wow the parents and that's where that Big Ten conference money um, you know is a game changer Nebraska will be making uh, starting on I think it's 17 and 18 you know upwards of 45 million per year um, just from the Big Ten alone so uh, no doubt the Big Ten has paid dividends for Nebraska well we have a show a full show on tap um, some news in Nebraska basketball we'll catch up with Robin on that and then uh, Nebraska baseball back on track uh, they are in the NCAA tournament right now according to all the major sites so quite a turnaround for Darren Erstad's team we'll discuss that and then Nate will preview the Kansas City Rivals camp uh, which will take place on Sunday at Rockhurst down in Kansas City that's all next you're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan and Robin Washett as we talk some Nebraska basketball and the Huskers still trying to fill the numbers um, of this of this roster for 2016. Robin, what is the latest you can give uh, on just where things are at. I know Nebraska's got their name out with some guys, and uh, particularly in the big man market. Yeah, I mean, clearly number one has been has, has been for months, uh, Jordy Schmunga. Uh, he's, this, the, the soap opera continues, and at least the good news is it appears to be coming to an end, uh, hopefully um, by Monday. Uh, the, the latest developments earlier in the week, um, as of Tuesday, it was reported out of Canada that uh, Jordy, uh, we'll be taking his third official visit uh, to Oklahoma State, which is completely random. I can tell you that throughout this entire process, I had never heard Oklahoma State mentioned once. I'd heard other schools such as UNLV, such as Boston College and Pittsburgh and Arizona, Oregon, never Oklahoma State. So something crazy happened that all of a sudden got them in the mix to get that third visit. And I think a big thing that draw them there drew them there was uh the fact that they're going to also host jordy's older brother link cadben yundi who as you may know is the seven foot one juco center out of blinn college who uh was recruited for a little bit by nebraska back in 2014 but uh visited uh, unofficially and left without an offer and that's kind of where the contact ended uh so uh, that's kind of where things stand now he's going to visit oklahoma state this weekend and then make a decision by monday you know Theoretically, we'll see if that actually happens that way. Uh, but as far as Nebraska is concerned, you know, they've really done you know, all that they can. I mean, they, they've shown him all the reasons why it makes 100% sense for him to come here. Um, you know, the opportunities both on the court and in the classroom and, uh, you know, from everything they publicly said they wanted at a school, Nebraska offers exactly that. Uh, so on their end, they've, they've done all they can. And if, you know, for some reason, Oklahoma State or even Minnesota, who's the other finalist uh, of his three finalists, are able to jump in and steal them away. Hey, you know what? So be it. That's just kind of how it happens sometimes. And, uh, you know, we'll certainly be disappointing, but uh, it wouldn't be for a lack of effort on Nebraska's part. I'm going to play a devil's advocate here, Robin, with 
the the lack of big man on this roster, the numbers Nebraska has available, his brother being a junior college transfer, mm-hmm. so less eligibility. Why not just offer the brother, build the depth up at your big man, and secure the better of the two brothers? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly an argument to be made there, but you know, the reality is, uh, Link isn't exactly a Big Ten player, and I think most people that have watched him will 100% agree with that. I mean. There's a reason, you know, his only high major offer was to TCU coming out of high school, and he didn't last two years there. He goes to Blinn College and suffers a season-ending knee injury. So you got that on Lot, top lots of, of Lots of yeah. red flags. And now, right now, his only standalone offer coming out of JUCO is from Montana State. So, I mean, that kind of shows the level of interest he's been getting on his own. When you package him with his, you know... And Okie three, State has offered the brother. Three, uh, I haven't been able to confirm that, but I do know that he's officially visiting. So usually you don't waste an official visit unless you're planning to offer. So uh, as far as Nebraska is concerned, yes, you need you know big man depth, but are you willing to sacrifice a scholarship for two years for basically what appears to be another Sergei Vucevic uh, to get a unranked three-star kid? I mean, that's, that is Jordy. So, I mean, that's kind of the situation they're in right now. Is the reward of getting Jordy worth... Uh, the cost of you know tying up a scholarship with a guy who probably won't help you all that much in his older brother. So I, I see why Nebraska is unwilling to do that and everything I've heard. You know, I mean, they, they didn't totally eliminate the possibility, but the fact that we've gone this far and you know they have still shown no interest in making a package deal offer. I don't think it's going to happen. So, I mean, that's if that ends up being kind of the leg up that gets Oklahoma State uh, you know, in the mix and makes them the winner of this whole deal, then, you know, so be it. But I think Nebraska is content with, you know, sticking with their plan that they've done for the past two years now and, you know, making it a Jordy-only uh, situation. And if it doesn't happen, then I, I think you're going to have to see a lot of transfers coming in to, you know, try and get one big Band-Aid for this coming season. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan and Robin Washett, as we try to figure out the big man puzzle with Nebraska basketball. Now, not for 2016, but for 2017, uh, Nebraska puts out an offer to Luke Garza out of Washington, D.C., 6'10", and uh, you had a nice update on the site that he is very intrigued by this Husker offer. Yeah, uh, Luca Garza, kind of like Luca Brazzi from The Godfather. So he's Italian. He's extremely Italian. When I interviewed him, that's one of the first things I noticed. Oh yeah, thank thank you very much. So he <laughs> sound like Elvis, but anyway, that, uh, yeah, he's a big kid, uh, big uh, strong guy that you would ex- expect to be a dude named Luca Garza from you know the East Coast. Uh, he's a s- extremely smart kid. Goes to one of the top prep schools in America at the Merritt School in Washington D.C. So he's extremely bright. You know, academics is a big deal for him. Um, and right now his recruitment is really starting to blow up. Uh, you know, he got offered from Louisville, Alabama, Iowa, Northwestern, Penn State, and most re- recently Nebraska. Uh, so the, the, the stock is really going through the roof with this kid uh, because he's having a pretty big spring playing with Team Takeover, which is, you know, one of the top uh, AAU programs from the D.C. area. So uh, this is a kid that Nebraska is wise to get involved with. And, you know, while conversations have really just started getting serious, um, you know, between, you know, Tim Miles, Kenya Hunter, and Luca, uh, I think there's really definitely an appeal here uh, because, you know, for one, you get the opportunity to play in the Big Ten, which I know is a big deal for Luca. Uh, and also the academics are huge for him and his family. Uh, you know, they, they want to go to a school where he's going to be able to thrive in both areas. And clearly, you know, Nebraska offers that. Um, and I, the 
Biggest competition right now uh, appears to be Iowa, who he's already visited twice unofficially in the fall, and he just took his first official uh, this past weekend. So he's only got four official visits remaining, and right now Nebraska's kind of got to get the ball moving on this quickly because not only does he want to start taking his visits, official visits, at the end of the month, he wants to have ideally a decision made by the beginning of July. So we're looking at a really small window uh, for Nebraska to, to get in the mix here. So uh, the, the coaches staff is going to have to work quickly on this and uh, wouldn't be surprised one bit if we hear a visit scheduled coming up here in the next few weeks uh, because you know uh, he said that not only does he want to start taking his visits, Nebraska is definitely a school that he thinks he should legitimately consider uh, just because that they offer a lot of things that he's looking for. As we wrap things up here with Robin Washett talking Nebraska back basketball what is the calendar right now as far as the AAU live period are they done with the live right the open and then then it goes quiet till July yeah so we just wrapped up uh the spring eval session and that's relatively newer that's only within the last three or four or five years they've been doing a spring and a July it used to be all July at one time right 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 so yeah they basically had two eval periods uh, towards the end of April and then May is just kind of a quiet period uh and then June is a a dead period and then they kick back things up in, in a big way in July July's by far the most important month on the recruiting calendar because not only is it the last eval month of eval periods, it's also kind of the point where guys start trimming down their lists, start scheduling visits, and you know really start to uh, narrow down schools they're legitimately looking at. So uh, this kind of uh, the quiet before the storm here as far as you know recruiting goes for 2017 especially but also for future classes in 18 and 19 all right well plenty to follow here with the big man recruiting when we come back we're going to talk some husker baseball nebraska got a big midweek win over uno coming off their series win at michigan state can they keep the momentum going this weekend at home against penn state we'll talk about that next you're listening here to the husker online show This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett now. We are talking Nebraska baseball. And, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I think a lot of people were ready to throw in the towel on this team. Um, They had a sweep at Michigan. And I think that sweep in Ann Arbor just soured everybody that Mm -hmm. this team you know, Nebraska got off to a great starting conference. So they were 7-2, and two, I believe, to start off league play with a sweep and then two series wins over against lower-level competition. Um, so let's call that what it is. And Michigan was really the first quality opponent they played in the league. They were swept. Um, but then they came back and they, they, they won a non-conference series against Nichols State. They won a series on the road at Rutgers, a midweek win over Kansas State. Uh, they were able just to kind of piece things together over the last few weeks. And and here now here they are. Uh, they go on the road, Robin, to Michigan State. They take two of three yep. from the Spartans, a team that had previously you know been one of the best teams in the conference. And, and, and now they beat UNO on a midweek game, and Nebraska finds themselves squarely in the baseball top 50 RPI. Yeah, and you could argue they're playing arguably their best baseball right now. I mean, it's taken some time for everything to click on all cylinders, but I mean, if you just look at the other night in that UNO game, I mean, their pitching was rocking with a career night from Matt Knutson. Uh, they hit two home runs, you know, eight runs, 12 hits, uh, offensively stole five bases. And so really everything is working right now. And you couldn't talk, ask for better timing because uh, as Darren Erstad put it after that game, he said, you know, we are in postseason play right now. I mean, there's there's no 
denying it. The team is embracing that, and they know that every single game on through the end of the regular season is absolutely vital to stay in that conversation for NCAA tournament talk. And as a, as a baseball coach, I, I think sometimes this time of year is good because you don't have to worry about classes, but you do have to worry about some maybe off-the-field distractions with the guys because they're not in classes. So what are your guys doing all day? Uh, but it also allows you to have your team around more, um, just more bonding. And, and this team has come together. And I thought the adversity and, and the way they played against Michigan State nearly sweeping. I mean, they easily could have won have, yeah. um, that Sunday game. Uh, they won the opening game Saturday. But what was probably the most impressive was on Monday, Jake Myers, you know, a kid that wasn't really a, an everyday starting pitcher, just an outfielder, but kind of the glue guy for this team right now, goes out and throws eight innings. Um, against Michigan State and beats their Friday night starter in a Monday game that had humongous implications for both teams. I mean, in some ways, you could argue it was somewhat of an elimination game. Because yeah. if Nebraska loses that game, they're kind of not in this conversation. And now Michigan State's off the out of the conversation by losing that series to the Huskers. Yeah, and that's another piece that, you know, is really coming along at the perfect time is you're getting a guy emerging as, you know, your MVP, and that's Jake Myers. I mean, he's doing it offensively uh, with the bat and then having pitching performances like that. I mean, he's not the most dominating pitcher you're going to see out there, but what he does, he's effective, he's consistent, and he throws strikes, and he's letting his defense do the work for him. And really, uh, that's what you have to do. I mean, I think a lot of times Nebraska's pitching staff tends to overthrow a bit and, um, you know, get a little too flustered emotionally when you then you got a guy like Myers kind of setting the tone where he comes in just does his business and uh, lets his offense and you know his defense do the work for him now Nebraska will have seven games remaining this weekend it's a Friday Saturday Sunday at Haymarket Park against Penn State I believe this is the first time Penn State has come to Lincoln uh, since the, they joined the Big Ten I mean this has not been a mm -hmm. familiar foe uh, with the way the scheduling works out Nebraska uh, Friday will be a 635 game two o'clock on Sunday or Saturday and then 1130 on Sunday for travel reasons. Um, but Penn State comes in RPI at 115, um, according to NCAA.com. Um, starting to look ahead, though, that Creighton game, Robin, next week on Tuesday in Omaha, humongous implications. Creighton, um, you know, they're, they're kind of on the RPI tightrope. Yep. Their schedule has not given them a lot of opportunities to play high RPI games. They lost a game on Sunday to Georgetown. Then they lost the midweek game to Wichita State. So that's dropped Creighton back uh, a good 10 spots in the RPI. They now uh, go on the road for another Big East series this weekend. So for Creighton, uh, they're in a position where they almost have to win out to keep their RPI where it's at and, and you know be in a position to get a good seed. I think Creighton will get in the tournament as the Big East representative regardless. But, man, that game in Omaha next week could be big. Yeah, it's pretty you know fun how that worked out. I mean, remember this is a game that was supposed to be played what, a, couple weeks ago. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. But it got canceled because of weather, and now all of a sudden, and you're putting it this late in the season with so much riding on the line for both teams. And I mean, both teams are in a win, a must win situation. And so that's going to be a fun atmosphere. Uh, and, you know, I think it actually benefits both teams that, you know, that you're having such a, uh, I guess, a, a high risk or a high stakes game uh, that late in the season because, you know, that it, it keeps you focused. You know, you're not just kind of, uh, you know, playing some, you know, throwaway conference series. You're playing a game that means a lot, not only for the you know, sake of the rivalry, but for the sake of your postseason fate. And Saturday's game with Penn State will be on TV, so that's good. And then uh, the, the Creighton game was originally going to be an NET broadcast, but because of state soccer, it's not on NET. But the good news is Cox and Time Warner Cable Sports will air that Creighton game, which
which those games usually are always on. And then they just announced Nebraska's season finale with Indiana will be a noon game on the Big Ten Network on Saturday, May 21st. Um, and then Nebraska will go right into the Big Ten tournament uh, on Wednesday. Uh, that begins uh, in Omaha, Wednesday, May 25th. So um, they will not leave the state of Nebraska for the rest of the month of May. It really sets up nice, Robin, for yeah. this team to, to get in and, and try to get a regional spot. That's absolutely huge, too. I mean, because we've talked about how much is riding on this you know final stretch and uh, to essentially play every single game, you know, as a home game. I mean, obviously the Creighton game was standing, but uh, that that's absolutely huge. I mean, just to take out the element of, you know, travel fatigue and to be able to, you know, be nowhere further than, you know, 50 miles away uh, for every single game from here on out through the conference tournament. Uh, that's a huge edge. And, you know, one of the one of the advantages of being, you know, one of the best college baseball states in the conference. All right, when we come back here on the show, we are going to shift over to recruiting. Rivals will hold their big camp this weekend in Kansas City. Several local 500-mile radius prospects will be there. Javon McQuitty, Austin Allen, Cam Jurgens, and many more. Nate Klaus will begin our breakdown of the Kansas City Rivals camp next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan and Nate Klaus as we are previewing this weekend's big Rivals Camp event uh, sponsored by Under Armour. It will be in Kansas City at Rockers High School. And this is really special to us for a lot of reasons. I mean, typically uh, there have not been uh, events of this caliber this close to Nebraska. You know, we, I've been doing this job for a number of years, and I can count on one hand um, Nike events and, and other big events that have been this close by. We had one in Columbia, I believe, in 2007. Uh, there was a Manhattan Rivals camp, or a Nike event way back when, and then Iowa City one uh, that was all the way back when Zach Potter was in high school. So um, this will really only be about the fourth event that's been this close to Nebraska in, in the modern uh, recruiting era. And as we bring in Nate Klaus, uh, for a lot of these in-state kids, Nate, this is a big opportunity um, for them to show themselves against some of the best talent in the surrounding states. Exactly. This is a huge opportunity because you're talking about uh, 185 kids or so um, going down to, to this camp. It's an invite-only camp, um, and it, you're comprised of – Everyone uh, has an offer. For yeah, that. pretty much everyone has an offer. And, and there's uh, – I mean, it's mostly seniors to be, but there's some top underclassmen in there too. So this is a great opportunity for them to go down – there compete against the best of the best in the region and uh, you know and really kind of see exactly where they're at and and a lot of times I, I think we've seen that uh, that these guys do go down there and compete uh, and show very well against some of the top talent that maybe get a lot more run uh, than than some of the in-state kids the Nebraska kids do and some of the guys that will be there and really Nate I mean every guy we wanted to be there maybe other than one or two you know situations are going to be in attendance. I mean, for, let's start with the Husker commits. Austin Allen from Aurora will be there. Cameron Jurgens uh, from Beatrice uh, will be there as well. Um, and we'll talk about Javon McQuitty in our, our next segment. But um, just to see um, Austin Allen, I mean, just to see him in this type of setting, um, he's really never been exposed to something like this. I'm, I'm really intrigued. 
Yeah, well, I first the first time I really got a, a close look at Austin Allen was last summer at, a, at the seven on seven tournament in Omaha, and he absolutely dominated uh, in that setting. And so I'm really interested to see, you know, and, and of course we know that he went on and had an excellent season as a junior, um, you know, and he's continued to develop. So I'm in, really interested to see how well he does against some of the the top guys in, in this in this region. Um, you know, when you look at, at what he has, is six seven six. 6'8", 230 pounds or so right now. Uh, I mean, he's a huge mismatch uh, out there, and, and so and he's an athletic kid. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing how well he shows. You know, what's exciting too, Nate, about this year in the in-state recruiting is I think we've seen more early offers handed out to guys at this stage in the game than ever before. Um, you know, and teams that have never offered in Nebraska are offering some of these guys. Yeah, a lot of a lot of guys, a lot of big offers too. I Cincinnati. Mean, it, it's not every day you see Cincinnati come in. You know, and they offered Logan Strom out of Norfolk. Uh, Minnesota has come through and already offered Brett Cottrell uh, at Ashland Greenwood, and and uh, you know you got a handful of other guys that have. Uh, it seems like every other day they're they're landing a, a new offer. So um, yeah, I think this is probably one of the busiest springs that we've seen in, in a very long time in terms of players actually landing offers and, and not just the usual suspects, not just the, Colorado the, states come back in yeah, here, Colorado New, state uh, New is, Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's Ohio. It, it seemed like they kind of uh, weren't super active the last couple of years, but uh, you know, they offered Noah Vedral the other day. So uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, there's been a lot of traffic coming through. I know K state was through um, just, just a day or two ago. So, uh, you know, it, it's really interesting to see exactly uh, who's after these guys. And, and I think it's a good indicator that there's a lot more offers that are, that are going to be coming down the pipe for a lot of these guys. I think this camp too, Nate, as we break down and preview the Kansas City Rivals camp on Sunday that will take place at Rockers, I think this camp will be big, Nate, for um, Brett Cottrell. You know, no one has really gotten this kind of look on him. Um, you know, a lot of people thought a year ago before the injury he was just as good or better than current Husker recruit Ben Stilley. Uh, I think this is an opportunity. Minnesota came in and offered Brett Cottrell. Um, he's getting a lot of attention, but a strong showing in Kansas City, I think, can go a long way for Brett. Yeah, physically he looks the part. There's no doubt. I mean, he's he's a no-brainer physically when you talk about a 6'4", 280-pound kid. Um, but getting hurt so early last year, I mean, really, really hurt his chances. He only was able to play six quarters of football last year, so he doesn't have very much film. And, and coaches want to see how well he's recovered from that knee injury. And, and I know they've been able to see him throw, which has been uh, a, a big plus. But I, this, is, this will be the first time that he does any football-related activities in front of people um you know since that injury and i think that will tell tell the story a lot and uh if, if film gets around from some of these one-on-ones and some of the activities that he's doing i think more offers could come down uh for him obviously camp season is going to be really big for him but um you know maybe out of all 15 guys in state that are going down to kansas city brett cottrell could uh could uh you know really elevate himself the most with a strong showing down there and there will be just two 2000 uh, 18 prospects there, right, Nate, from Nebraska. Um, one of them we know, Cameron Jurgens, out of Beatrice, committed to Nebraska. This will be a big event for him. But the other guy that I am just intrigued as hell to see is Mastery Mapu in this setting. If you don't know the story, he's a legitimate 6'4", maybe even 6'5", defensive tackle prospect out of York, um, a Sudanese native 
um, that that played eight man ball at McCool Junction, transferred to York, played there this past year, um, is probably as intriguing of a young player right now in the state. Yeah, he he really is. And when you go and watch the film, obviously his size stands out uh, immediately. But and you watch his his game film or his highlights, and they're they're game by game highlights. And you can see that each game, this kid got a little bit better, a little bit better. And by the end of his highlight film, he's a pretty darn good looking prospect. He plays with a high motor. He's actually towards the end of his film, it looks like he's finally starting to understand, um, you know, what what he's supposed to be doing out there, and. Uh, and he has worked extremely hard. And he's got a good coach at York, Glenn Mm -hmm. Snodgrass. I think in the class B level does more with less than, than, because those class B schools now are basically competing against pseudo class A teams Mm -hmm. in Omaha. And he's played the Elkhorn teams and the Scuts down to the wire every year with far less material to work with. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially I know the Elkhorn South game was, was a monster, um, you know, and, and they have, they've competed very, very well. Uh, against a lot of those bigger teams and um, you know I'm really excited to see what Mastery is able to do against uh, you know a, a notch up of competition because the kid has been working extremely hard I've seen some some clips of him lifting and some clips of him working out and uh, boy he's an impressive kid I, I've talked with some coaches too that have been through there uh, he, he he has landed I think one offer so far from South Dakota State but every coach that I've talked to that that's been through there is super intrigued by him and and are you know very close to offering they just want to see just a little bit more out of him and another guy Nate as we look at this list um, that will be there um, there'll be about 15 16 kids from Nebraska right uh, 15 rep- uh, representing Logan Strom out of Norfolk um, you know I can still remember emailing coach Olson at Norfolk in February about the in-state tour and said hey I know you've got Lane McCollum a accomplished guy but um, what about Logan Strom? Is this a guy that you think could be a football player? And he goes, absolutely. I want to bring him out to you guys. Well, lo and behold, he has as big of an offer list right now as anybody in the state. Cincinnati, Wyoming, the Dakotas. He's got a number of teams that have come in and offered. Uh, Buffalo has come in with Lance Leipold, former UNO and Nebraska coach. Uh, but I think this could be the event that could put Logan Strom's name on the map with a strong showing. Yeah, no question about it. And again, you've got another 6'8" kid in state and Logan's a little bit bigger than Austin Allen at 245 pounds um, but I mean everything that uh, that Logan has I mean is, is off the charts from a measurables perspective when you talk about his length his, I mean he, the kid moves very well he's got size 19 shoes there's no telling how much bigger that he could really become um, and I think he projects as a tight end or even as an offensive tackle at the next level so uh, you know I, I think after missing his sophomore year uh, and then coming back out and playing having a good junior season he, he that kind of caused him to go under the radar a little bit but once people are seeing him in person I, I think that uh, they're very intrigued and this will be the first opportunity where um, you know he's been able to compete against a lot of top level guys and, and being able to get a lot of eyeballs on him well and what's scary is if you were to maybe grade his effort level or desire towards football on a scale of one to ten it's probably a three or a four right now once he 
say he decides to go the football route over basketball and he puts that effort level to the 9-10 full commitment stage, mm-hmm. it's scary what he could be if, yeah. he, if he wants to be there. Yeah, there's no telling how, how much better he could be. I mean, he, I think it's kind of cliche sometimes to say, well, this kid's just scratching the surface, but it, it's true in this case. He is, I think, just scratching. He's got one of the best frames I've ever seen yeah. in a kid in the state, yeah. and, and it's, it's his decision on what he wants to do with it down the road. So we'll have full coverage of the camp. It begins Sunday morning. It will end in the afternoon, um, and we'll have, obviously, interviews, write-ups all throughout the week. It's an exclusive event to Rivals.com, Husker Online, and we're looking forward to it. Uh, we're going to continue the discussion and preview of the camp. Um, some other big 500-mile radius prospects will be there. We'll get Nate's take on that next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan and Nate Klaus, as we are previewing Sunday's big Rivals Camp Series event in Kansas City that will take place at Rockhurst. It is an exclusive Rivals.com event. Uh, we will be represented in, from our state uh, with 15 uh, of the best prospects. But uh, from the surrounding states, Nate, um, it's going to be a who's who's list of Missouri and Kansas and other um, you know, top prospects, even from Oklahoma. Uh, let's first start with Javon McQuitty, arguably the number one player in both Kansas and Missouri in that whole two-state area. Husker commit, uh, he will be there. What are you looking forward about seeing Javon in Kansas City? Well, I'm looking forward to seeing him dominate. Uh, he went to the St. Louis Rivals camp last year and was at that point in time was uh, Nebraska had already offered. I think that they were his only offer at that point in time. And so he was kind of an unproven commodity. He went out and had uh, one heck of a camp and was named as probably he was the top underclassman, um, you know, wide receiver at that entire camp. And um, now I'm looking forward to him seeing, you know, taking that next step and kind of just dominating and taking over this camp because out of all the wide receivers that are going to be there, he's probably the, the most highly touted at, at this point. Uh, but it is going to be interesting because he's going to Chicago on Saturday to, to partake in the Nike camp. And he's going to be driving right after that Nike camp all the way from Chicago to Kansas City and, and basically you know, getting out of the, the car on Sunday morning and, and going to the Rivals camp. So I don't know how much that's going to affect him. But I can tell you this, he is highly motivated because he's looking forward to, to try and secure uh, a ticket to the five-star challenge in Atlanta. Um, and he wants to prove himself as one of the top overall wide receivers in the country. And at this point, you know, I have got no reason to believe that, that he couldn't go out there and get one of those invites. And that's about a eight hour drive from Chicago to Kansas city. So one of those deals where he probably won't get home until 11 o'clock or midnight um, on Sunday and then get up in the morning and go to the event. And I don't know how many other kids will be doing that, but yeah, you talk about, getting that invite, Nate, to Atlanta. The, the Rivals.com five-star challenge with Under Armour will take place in the Falcon Stadium there in Atlanta. Um, it's 115, I believe, of the top players. And then on Sunday, they'll have the underclassmen challenge as mm-hmm. well. But um, it's an all-expense paid trip. Um, they get geared out, treated like kings for a weekend. And Javon is in the mix. I mean, do you, how many guys on this list realistically do you think have an opportunity to maybe get an invite to Atlanta? Uh, I think that Javon's probably the 
the best that has the best shot at, at landing an invite. But I think there's also a couple of underclassmen that could be getting, um, you know, consideration for um, an invite to the underclassmen challenge uh, down in Atlanta. Uh, when you look at, at Cameron Babb, the, the wide receiver, 2018 wide receiver out of uh, St. Louis, uh, Christian Brothers College High School, the same same high school that produced, uh, you know, Nebraska 2016 running back signee Trey Bryant. Is there another Gabbert at Christian? Is, is that, is yep. that, that's the third? The, the third and final Gabbert is going to be the starting quarterback there at, at Christian Brothers As College. As a junior? No, he's a sophomore. So, oh. he, was a, he was a freshman <laughs> last year. Um, Are we going to go there? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. But but Cameron, uh, Cameron, Cameron Babb, excuse me, he's got a shot he, he's a legit talent uh, I know that he went to the Nike camp in at uh, Columbus Ohio last weekend and and ripped off one of the the top 20 overall spark scores at that entire camp there was over 400 kids there and so uh, he's uh, he's extreme, he's a highly athletic prospect could uh, legitimately play wide receiver or cornerback he's going to be working out as a wide receiver at this camp but uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what he can do uh, against uh, against a lot of top competition as well he was an all-state performer on at christian brothers uh, last year as a sophomore which is very rare he started um, since his freshman year there which is very rare so he's a special type of talent you're listening here to the Husker online show sean callahan nate klaus besides um as we preview this kansas city rivals camp besides mcquitty cam jurgens austin allen how many attendees in this event have nebraska offers there's a uh, i think 11 other guys that have Nebraska offers not counting the three commits not counting the three commits so there's I mean there's a lot of that's kids. a lot yeah between between the kids that have already have Nebraska offers and the kids from in-state you're probably looking at a group of about close to 30 overall prospects on the radar yeah that are on Nebraska's radar heavily and then there's probably another you know 15 to 20 that are on the periphery right now that are are getting attention uh, maybe maybe I don't you know I don't want to call a kid a, a b-list kid but you know maybe are on the list but the coaches just want to see a little bit more want to try and get them to camp or whatever the case may be but there's a lot of kids who uh, have attention or offers from Nebraska that are going to be down there how about for you Nate how valuable are these camps I mean you've been to St. Louis now for two of them Um, we've seen a lot of different guys emerge Tanner Farmer you know came out of nowhere we got to see Monte Harrison basically take part in his only ever football (laughs) camp and put on a show where he just completely showed up everybody and just dropped the mic and said, I'm playing baseball. Yeah. Uh, this it's it's invaluable to be able to see these guys up close and in person, um, you know, going against great competition. I, I think that may be the biggest thing is that the, these are it's an invite only camp. It's not a watered down event where anybody can go. You can't so buy your way into. You this. can't buy your way into it. And um, trust me, a lot of kids try to get yeah. into this thing, and and you know it's. This is real life here. Yep. This is not everybody gets an opportunity. This is only the best of the best. Well, and, and there probably there's. I'll tell you, there's ki- there are kids out there that didn't get an invite that probably deserve to get one. But I think that speaks to to the the level of talent that are gonna you know that that is at these camps and to be able to see these guys compete you know and do one on ones against each other and, and see how they kind of raise their level of competition um, and just go out and, and work. I think tells you a lot about these kids too because there are some guys there that come in highly touted but kind of hide in the back of the line and, and don't really want to go out and, and go one-on-one against some of the top guys and we've seen it yeah and we've seen it and are, are they they set up their one-on-one matchups to go against scrubs exactly 
And, uh, and then you've got the other kid, you know, you know, the other side of the coin there are these guys who are cutting in line and, and taking as many one-on-one reps as possible and getting to the front of the line and calling out the best guy on the other side to, to go against. And uh, that's what I love is that you get a shot at uh, not only kind of evaluating these guys' athletic ability, but also their, their makeup, their, their level of, of uh, you know, competitiveness, how tough they are, because this is, I mean, there's a lot of activity, you know, jam-packed into a short amount of time and um, you know and, and if these guys aren't tough and they're not mentally tough uh, I, I think some of them kind of uh, wilt away a little bit towards the end and it should be absolutely perfect conditions Nate uh, looking at the weekend forecast in Kansas City high of 65 north winds of just four miles per hour low humidity um, so we won't have any weather issues I know that's been a problem at yep. some of these camps but uh, 65 mostly sunny uh, with no wind, I don't think you could ask for a better better forecast for this event either. Yeah, that, that sounds great to me. I, I, as long as there's no rain involved, snow or, or snow, hail, even. tornadoes. Yeah, yeah, um, you know that sounds great. Yeah, you can't ask for anything better than that. All right, well, it'll be a jam packed weekend. Uh, we will have the entire Husker Online team. I mean, everybody's going to be going down there to this event. I think we'll have six people representing our site uh, covering the camp. So. Uh, starting this weekend, we'll have full previews. Sunday, we'll have wrap-up coverage. And then, obviously, all throughout the week, uh, be on Husker Online as we will have complete coverage of the Rivals Camp Series event taking part in Kansas City. That wraps it up here for another edition of the Husker Online Show. Thanks again for joining us this week on HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics.